Well, hello and welcome to the podcast. My name is Crystal Sparks and my one goal of this podcast is to help grow your faith and to help equip you to accomplish your dreams and your goals. Uh, Hey, if you'll do me a favor, my new book on Genesis is a study through the book of Genesis just recently came out and you can pick it up over on Amazon. I have a link down below in my show notes and I just want to encourage you to go over, get a copy of this book. You know, my goal of everything that I do is I want to help you grow your faith and I truly believe that when we begin to study God's word, all of a sudden our faith begins to grow and it It'll be the biggest difference in your faith when you don't just hear messages, but you actually begin to take time and begin to go through your Bible. And so what I did is a lot of times Bible study seems really intimidating, right? Um, But what I did is I wrote this entire study um, to help you. It's a great starting point for anybody, no matter if you've been saved for seven days or 70 years, um, this study will really help you um, begin to understand God's word practically. There's spots inside where you can fill out. I ask questions and really make you think about things. I also, on different parts, give you different historical references so you understand more of what's happening in God's Word. And so it's a Genesis study. I'm actually working on my study in the book of John right now, and so that will be coming out soon as well. So hey, with all that said, let's jump into today's content. Um, I'm currently reading the book of Joshua, and I love um, this book. It is always so encouraging to me, um, but it's been so good um, reading through it. And so today we're going to talk about the five things that your enemy is telling you, the five things your enemies are telling you. Okay, so uh, throughout the book of Joshua, just as a little bit of backstory, uh, Joshua came out of Egypt with Moses. Um, Whenever they left Pharaoh and they parted the Red Sea and he crossed over into the wilderness, he was a young boy at that time. And so then he spent 40 years growing up out in the wilderness um, with Moses' people, the Israelite people, And Moses passes away and God comes to Joshua and lets him know that he's the new leader of the people. And that's some pretty big shoes to fill. And so I love in Joshua chapter one, um, God comes to him to tell him that he's going to be chosen to do this. And the one thing that God keeps telling him over and over again is to not be afraid to be strong and very courageous. And God just keeps repeating this phrase. And in fact, when you read through the book of Joshua, you see so many times that he could have been fearful, so many times that it seemed like the battle was so huge and the enemies were so great. And as God's taking him on this journey, um, he's continually in conflict. In fact, um, one of my favorite verses in the book of Joshua is in Joshua chapter 11. And it says that Joshua waged war a long time and in my bible it says in parentheses for five years you know a lot of times i think whenever we're doing something for god we think it's going to happen really really fast right like we think god's going to speak something and then in just a short amount of time that thing's going to manifest in our life but actually it's the opposite because here joshua is as a young boy he crossed over the red sea he spent 40 years in a wilderness growing up believing for the promised land that god had promised them and then now he goes into the promised land 
but it doesn't just get handed to him. In fact, uh, the Bible, I love it because it talks about um, in verse eight, it says, and the Lord gave them into the hand of Israel. But he really didn't just give them into the hand of Israel. I mean, they had to fight for a long time. Like, yes, God did do it, but it wasn't something really easy. And I think sometimes if we're not careful, we can forget that, yes, there is great promises in God's word. But you know what? There's going to be a lot of attack. There's going to be a lot of battle along the way. So I think there's five things that I think our enemies are telling us. If you're taking notes, number one, I think they're they're letting you know when your enemies arrive, it is a, a signal to you that you are making progress. You are making progress. Here is the thing. I am just going to tell you that when you read about Jesus, he had no enemies. When he was a carpenter's son and he's helping his dad, the Bible doesn't talk anything about haters showing up. It doesn't talk about anything about people complaining or murmuring about him. It was after he gets baptized and the Holy Spirit descends upon him as a dove that from that point on, you see people openly coming against him. And so I want to tell you that whenever your enemies arrive, it is always an indicator to you that you are making progress. In the book of Nehemiah, I love it so much because it talks about how they go out and they begin to get this dream from God to rebuild the walls. And so they go out there and the minute they start rebuilding, the enemy shows up and your Bible begins to talk about how first they just sent word to people and they had people people going and just mocking them as they built. And when that wasn't enough, they begin to go and send letters to everybody in the area. In other words, I'll say this, that there's people who will talk about you openly to your face as an enemy, but then there's other people who will begin to post about you on social media. If you think about, think about this, every person that you look up to, every person that's making a big difference, go read the comments on their posts. Go read the comments on their posts because there's always going to be those few snarky people down in their comment section. Come on, they're trolls and, and they're, they're in there mocking them. But here's the thing is they're there because they're making progress. You are not going to make progress and not have enemies along the way. And here Joshua is, yes, the Lord did do great things for Joshua, but I'll say that the more progress he made, the more fight there was. And as you read through it, you see that yes, the walls of Jericho did come crashing down, but we stop with Joshua's story right there. And we forget that it was for five more years that he continued to battle. In fact, he battled nearly his entire lifetime um, once he walked into the promised land to get everything that God's promised him. And so I want to encourage you today that if you find yourself in a time where it's seems like there's so many enemies, there's so much opposition, uh, that's an indicator to you that you are making progress. The devil never attacks somebody who's standing still. I'm going to say that again. The devil never attacks somebody who's standing still. The minute you start taking steps, then all of a sudden you're going to see that the enemy comes out. Why? Because he is attacking not who you will be. Because a lot of times I've heard preachers say this, that the enemy, when he's attacking, he's attacking who you will be. No, he's attacking who you already are. Let that sink in. 
whenever you start taking steps, the devil sees who you are in Christ and he's going to come out against you to try to get you to stop again, to try to get you into a place of complacency again, to try to get you in a place of comfortableness again. He's trying to get you to in a place of apathy again. But I want to encourage you that the devil's not attacking who you will be. He's attacking who you are. See, the enemy sees more of who you are than you do. And here's the thing is that the Bible talks about how we are made in the image of likeness of God. And so when we begin to take steps, the devil doesn't just see Crystal Sparks taking the steps. He sees God Almighty taking the step because every time you take a step, God's taking a step with you. That's why he says, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. That's why in Psalms, it talks about he surrounds us with favor as a shield. Why? It's because when we take a step, God takes a step. So God's not threatened about who you, um, the enemy's not threatened about who you will be. He's threatened by who you are. And so when you see your enemy show up, it's an indicator to you that you are making progress. You are making progress. The second thing that your enemies are telling you is that you have a choice. You have a choice. You have a choice. You know, whenever um, the spies went into the land, Joshua was one of the 12 spies that Moses sent into the promised land in that 40-year time span. And their assignment was to go in and to look at the land and to come back and tell them, is it good? Is it plentiful? Is it everything that God promised? And there was 10 that came back with an evil report and two came back with a good report. And Joshua was one of the two that came back with a good report. And I love this because the 10 that said that we would never be able to apprehend it, the 10 that said that the enemy is too great, all of those people died in the wilderness. They never got to go in and apprehend it. But the ones who had the choice and they decided that, yes, the enemy is great, but if God be for us, who can be against us? That God's already promised it. And, and the enemy is there to let you know that you have a choice. The popular scripture that we quote, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. It comes out from Joshua. It's that quote. And what he's saying is, I'm going to make the choice to serve God. I'm going to make the choice to believe what God has said. I'm going to make the choice and I want to encourage you that when your enemy shows up, you always have a choice. You have a choice on whether or not you're focusing on the negative comments or you're focusing on the positive. You have the choice in this season to see everything that isn't happening and isn't working out or you can choose to see what God sees. I love in the 2004 Olympics, um, there's a man that went into the competition and it's, he was a rifleman and he was up for the gold and his name was Matthew Emmons and here he is, he's going up, it's the final round and he should have gotten the gold medal. Well, there in that competition, in the final round, he shot at the wrong target and it was actually his opponent's target that he shot at and he made it he made a great shot on his opponent's target but it wasn't his target and because of that he didn't get the gold medal he didn't even get silver or bronze he was completely disqualified 
And I want to tell you this. I think so many of God's people are getting focused on the enemy's target instead of what God's promised us. We're getting so focused on everything that isn't happening. And we are talking ourselves into defeat instead of victory. And I want to declare over you that today you have the choice. Today you have the choice to believe what God says or believe the doctor's report. You have the choice to believe what the news media is telling you or you can believe the report of the Lord. Today you can make the choice that God, I declare that today something good is going to happen to me. Uh, I say every day, today's a great day to be great. I say that to my kids all the time. Today's a great day to be great. And another thing, that's been going off in my spirit recently, is that today's a great day for a miracle. Today, right now, today, as I'm recording this, it is a great day for a miracle. And I want to declare over you that you have a choice. It doesn't matter how bleak things look. It doesn't matter how bad things are. Today, you have a choice. Here's the thing, is that the people in the book of Joshua that got everything that God promised for them, they had to make a choice. They had to make a choice, and not just once, but they had to make a choice every single day as they fought for five years come on every morning they had to make a choice and the sad part is as you read through the book of Joshua there's certain ones of those groups of people that decided not to fight for everything and they learned to live with their enemies instead of fully conquering them and later on it caused a whole lot of problems as you read through the Bible and so I want to challenge you what things are you just tolerating from the enemy what things did you used to, you prayed for and you contended for and you knew that God could do anything. But now if we'll be honest, you've just grown passive. You don't even ask God for those things anymore. I want to challenge you that you have a choice. Your enemies showing up are a reminder to you that you have a choice. Number three, and your enemies are telling you that the battle is temporary. The battle is temporary. See, I think a lot of times whenever we get in it, yes, the battle will be long. Yes, we will have to make a lot of choices. But I want to declare over you that the battle is temporary. That after this, you're going to have great things. And I think the way the enemy discourages us is he makes us feel like it's always going to be this way. When we're in the midst of a battle, it's hard to imagine our life ever getting any better. And I know that there's been times and seasons of my life where I start to wonder, is this ever going to go away? Is this problem, is this difficulty always going to be here? And the enemy always wants to make you feel like it's permanent. But I want to remind you that this season, this time, this battle, it's temporary. You know, whenever you read the story about um, Jacob and Esau, and uh, they sold off their birthright in a moment of hunger. And the reason why he sold off his birthright in a moment of hunger, it's because he felt like that problem of being hungry was permanent. And he forgot that the birthright is something so much better. His inheritance was so much better, right? It was so much greater than that moment of pain. And whenever we're in those moments of pain, the enemy's always going to try to make us forget the promise. He's going to make us lose perspective. And we begin to feel like this problem is never going to go away. I don't know. Maybe you're discouraged. I want to remind you that whatever you're facing, it's temporary. That child not serving God, it's temporary. This financial hardship, it's temporary. This health condition that you're fighting for in your body, I want to remind you, it's temporary. That God has something greater. On the other side of this is going to be great things. This is temporary. 
Number four, I want to remind what that your enemies are going to remind you. They're there to remind you of is this. Number four, God has promises, but you have to act. God has promises and you have to act. You know, I love reading through in Joshua. God had promised them the land. He had promised them a lot of things, but they had to take action. I want to tell you, God has a lot of great things laid out for you. When you begin to read your Bible, you begin to realize that God has promised so many things. But here's the thing. They're not just going to show up at your doorstep. They're not just going to magically appear. You're going to have to act. I want to ask you, what's the last thing that God told you to do that you haven't done? All of us have something. Maybe it's recording a podcast. Maybe it's posting that blog. Maybe it's reaching out to a person who hurt you and letting them go, telling them, hey, I forgive you. Maybe for some of you, it's enrolling in school. Maybe for others, it's starting that Etsy shop. Maybe for some of us, it's beginning to wake up every morning and pray. We all have something that God has told us to do. And our enemies are there to remind us that we're going to have to act. See, the enemy wants you again to stand still. God's always going to stir you into action. He's always going to spur you to take one more step. As you read through the word, you see that God is continuously dealing with his people, right? And the difference of the people who acquired everything that God promised them and the people who didn't were the people who were willing to act. And I think that all of us have something, if we'll just be honest that maybe it's not a big disobedience. I have people ask me all the time, Crystal, what about the sins in the Bible? You know, when you read through Romans chapter one, there's a list of 21 different sins. Um, They're like, what about all those? And I'm like, yeah, those are all sins. And I think the Holy Spirit convicts us of those. But if we'll just be real honest, I love in the Song of Solomon, it says it's the small foxes that spoil the vine, meaning this, it's the little things. See, a lot of times we try to point out to the big sin issues that those are the problems. It's lust, it's fornication, it's all these big things, it's gluttony, it's all this murder and idolatry. But if we'll just be honest, sometimes the biggest issues in our life are the littlest issues. They're the secret things in our heart. It's the greed. It's the unwillingness to uh, surrender our pride and admit we're wrong. And so I want to ask you, what area of your life has God asked you to act? See, your enemy shows up to remind you that, yes, God's promised you great things, but you're also going to have to act on them. That's what your enemy's there to remind you of. You've got to get a determination deep down in your soul that it does not matter what people do to you. You're going to act and make steps to go after everything that God's promised you. Number five, I believe that your enemies are there to remind you of this. You are fighting for where you are going and not for where you currently are. You are fighting for where you are going and not where you currently are. See, I think that a lot of times when we're in a position, we're like, gosh, I feel like this, again, is going to be permanent. But I want to remind you that every step Joshua took, he was fighting for where he was going and not just where he currently was. He knew that there was more things that God's promised. He knew that on the other side of this was more lands that had been promised. There was more things yet to see. And I want to declare over you that what you're fighting for is not just for where you are, but it's for where you're going. 
See, I believe this, that as we begin to make a stand for God and we begin to do things, we're fighting not just for us, but for our children and our children's children. As you read through the Bible, you see how different kinds of things that sin issues that the enemy put on one generation, it's passed down to the next generation, the generation after that. And I want to tell you that when you're making a stand and you begin to stand up to the enemy, you're not just standing up for you for where you are. You're making a way for your children and your children's children. See, we see here that Joshua is making a stand for his family. He was letting the enemy know of where I am is not all there will be. I'm fighting for future generations. And I want to declare over you that God has great things, that you're not just fighting for where you are, you're fighting for where you're going, you're fighting for where God's going to take you in 20 years, in 30 years, and and I'll say even bigger than this, for your grandchildren that you might not even meet, great-grandchildren that you might not ever even know, that you're fighting for them, it's not just about where you are, it's so much bigger than the unforgiveness with that one person, you think it's isolated to this, but I'll just say this, that Whenever we let the enemy take one inch, come on, he begins to take more and more. And it doesn't just affect us. It affects generations to come. I heard Bill Johnson uh, talk about this recently, and it so spoke to my heart. Hopefully it speaks to you as well. But he talks about how when the monarch butterfly begins to make a journey, it takes generations of the butterfly before they actually arrive. And he said, and as he taught about this, he said, you know, what's interesting is when the first generation left out to make the journey to where they were going, I'm sure they didn't think I'll never actually see the promise. And he talks about how each generation thinks they're the one that's going to get to see it, that there's something on the inside of them that's driving them to go to this place. And I began to think about how in our life we are fighting for not just where we are, but for where we're going. I want to tell you that you are laying a road for your children and your children's children. I love John Osteen. He always talked about how he believed that he would be on TV all around the world and that um, he began to cast vision of how big Lakewood Church is. And Joel Osteen, his son, whether you like him or not, I absolutely love him so much, but I love all the things that Joel Osteen's accomplishing through his ministry. He's reaching so many people for the gospel. And and I say that to say this, that John Osteen was kind of like that monarch butterfly. When he set out to do what God had called him to do, he thought he was the one that's going to see it. But actually, he didn't even realize that it was his son who was going to see the fulfillment of that. And I want to challenge you that when the enemy shows up, it's not just about where you are, but the enemy shows up because he knows where you're going. He knows the next place that God's going to take you. And he wants to stop the generational flow of what's going to come after you. So I want to challenge you today to keep going. You know, maybe one of these five things just really resonated with you. Can you do me a favor and, and share it with somebody who you feel like might need a little bit of encouragement? I really encourage you to read the book of Joshua. It's so great. So many amazing stories inside of it that will really encourage your faith. And hey, like always, hit the subscribe button so you never miss out on anything here on my podcast.